You are listening to Defunct Games Presents Cyril Reed's Bionic Commando. Previously on Cyril Reed's Bionic Commando. After successfully defeating the evil Nas organization, Jack Markson and his partner, Super Joe, were ready to celebrate their victory. But Generalissimo Kilt and his bad terrorist group had other ideas. Using ninjas and snipers, Kilt ruined their day and kidnapped Super Joe. Thankfully, Jack was able to escape, but not before suffering from some major injuries to his arm. The Federation may have been able to save Jack, but they were forced to remove his arm and attach a plastic bionic arm that would aid him on his quest to defeat Kilt and rescue Super Joe. At the moment, our hero is stuck in an underwater world where he has to battle an octopus. He recently overheard an evil conversation with the dastardly Kilt and his cohort, the stuttering sociopath called The Hand. Will our hero be able to defeat these villains and save Super Joe? Find out now when you listen to another exciting episode of Cyril Reed's Bionic Commando. Chapter 11 Jack couldn't stand to listen to one more word that came out of Kilt's mouth. He flicked off the communicator, gritting his teeth. Joe was probably going through the worst kind of torture a spy could endure. Kilt was the sort of sicko who would enjoy seeing his prisoner writhe in pain. Jack tried to think of something positive, something that would give him the will to go on. Suddenly, he found it. Kilt's words had confirmed the most important piece of information of all. Super Joe was still alive. Jack took stock in his situation. Somewhere in the revolting underground chamber of horrors was a weapon called the Wide Gun. He had to capture it before going on to the next stage, so he'd better get a move on. The passage from the communication room led into a tunnel where the air was suddenly hot and humid. The algae on the walls were different here. It was a purplish red that gave off a foul stench that reminded Jack of the sewers of Marseille. Wanting to get away from the smell as fast as possible, Jack broke into a run through the tunnel. Suddenly, his feet tripped over something on the floor, sending him sprawling. Jack picked himself up, tried to wipe the slime off his hands, and turned around to look at what had tripped him up. It was a pile of bones. He picked up one of the largest bones to study it, wondering what animal would have been stupid enough to wander into this place. Then he dropped it in disgust. It was a human leg bone. Feeling pretty stupid himself, Jack spun around to see what predator might be stalking him. Too late, he looked up. Hovering over him and waving its sticky leaves was a giant plant that even a vegetarian wouldn't try to eat. Through the panic creeping into his brain, Jack recognized that it was a huge Venus flytrap. But Jack knew it wasn't looking for flies. It seemed to have him in mind for dinner. The plant swooped down its sticky lobe-like leaves and scooped up his body like food onto a platter. Jack remembered watching flies die in these plants when he was a kid. It hadn't looked like a nice death then, and it didn't seem much better now. Jack thought over what he had learned about the plant warfare in spy school. Zip! The bionic arm was his only hope. 
but it was stuck like the rest of his body in the gooey secretion of the plant. Jack guessed that the trap's mouth was watering from the idea of eating him. Things got worse fast. The two halves of the plant started to close together like green jaws. Jack could see only a dim light through the huge bristle of the edges of the leaves. He was getting dizzy and nauseous from the horrible smell of the plant's chemicals were giving off. It was a fight to stay awake. Jack told himself he couldn't die this way. He wanted to go out with his, his guns blazing, throwing grenades at his killers. Now, here he was, dying like an insect. Jack blacked out. Then he came back. Just as he felt himself going under again, he remembered his hot finger. If, if, if he could just, just, just stay awake long enough to push the activator... Jack forced all of his concentration into the bionic arm. He pushed the heat button in his index finger and pumped the heat up to the max. Then he jammed the finger as far as it would go into the plant's protoplasm. There was a sickening rush of heat. The plant had caught fire. All around Jack, the chemical goo began to smoke with noxious fumes. Jack felt himself starting to cook like a marshmallow over a campfire. Oh no, he had just made things worse! Now he was going to be cremated instead of digested. The plant started to writhe in agony as his fingers turned red hot. Jack felt a sudden rush of air as the lobe opened up. A second later, he was flying through the air as the plant swayed in the death dance. His body slammed into the algae-covered wall, then slid the goo-covered repulsive heap on the floor. Slowly, Jack picked himself up. He was pretty sure he was alive. Either that, or he had died and been reincarnated as a blob from outer space. The plant was turning an ugly, charred green color, and letting off disgusting smells as it died. Jack slunk away down the tunnel, hoping that it didn't have a mate waiting for him further on. Taking a quick look around, he saw the plant was going up in flames like a jungle inferno. The tunnel turned into a passage that was more like the kind of place kilt soldiers would hang out. Jack rounded a corner and sensed danger. Human danger. He flipped his gun into stun mode and crept slowly forward. His instincts had been right. A spray of enemy fire blasted out from behind a concrete bunker 20 feet in front of him. Jack pulled out one of his flare bombs from his commando jacket and tossed it at the bunker. There was a blast and a glare of red light. Ten bad soldiers jumped out of the bunker like frightened jack-in-the-boxes. They took one look at Jack's gooey orange body and started to scream. Jack fired stun bullets into all but one of them. The nine victims slumped down into a trance, leaving one young, horrified soldier alone to face Jack. Take me to your leader, Jack said as a joke. The kid probably thought he was a Martian. Well, he'd show him some outer space stuff. Jack raised up his bionic arm and activated the electromagnetic field in his little finger. He pointed the truth ray at the terrified soldier. I want the wide gun, Jack demanded. T- 
tell me. Tell me where is it? A glazed look had come over the bad soldier's face. He answered Jack in a robot-like voice. A white gun is hidden in a safe behind the exit door. The safe is rigged with high-powered explosives. You must know the correct combination or the safe will blow up. That's nice to know. Now tell me the combination, Jack ordered. Only kilt and the hand know the combination, the soldier said. I am too lowly. Well, I can't argue with that, Jack said, shooting him with a stun bullet. He ran forward through the tunnel into a large room where three more pits of poisonous spikes stood between him and the exit door. Jack swung across them, using his two hooks again. After climbing the final flight of stairs, he came to the exit of stage four. The safe was hidden behind the door, just as the soldier had said it would be. Jack smiled as he thought of the stories that kid would tell when he woke up. Crushing down, Jack carefully began and turned the dial of the safe with the sensitive finger of his bionic arm. Most safe crackers try to hear clicks as the tumblers in the lock fall into place. Jack felt for them. The first click. Jack turned the dial slowly in the opposite direction. Another click. Back again the other way. The third click. Jack tightened his fingers around the handle of the safe door. Just as he started to pull it open, he thought of something. What if Kilt had rigged the combination to fool him? With gritted teeth, Jack pulled the door open. To be continued. Game hint. Use the three-way gun from stage nine to get through stage seven. And now, an open letter to J.B. Stamper, the author of Bionic Commando. Dear J.B. Stamper, Apparently this week's chapter was brought to us by the letter W. That's W for writhe. Jesus, Judith, how many times did you have to write writhe into a six-page chapter? I mean, I mean, seriously, did you did you bet somebody that you could fit the word in as many times in like every other sentence? I mean, do do you have a word of the day calendar on your desk and and writhe just happened to be that that word? Let's be a little bit more creative and a lot less redundant next time, okay? Okay, look, I'm I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to go off on you like that. I, I I've just been in a bad mood lately, and I, I didn't mean to take it out on you. I, I'm I'm really sorry. You 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 didn't have that coming. It, in reality, you only used the word "ride" like three or four times. That's that's barely anything. I mean, heck, that that that's, that's three or four times over sixty pages. That's that's like twenty pages a, a word, right? I, I don't know. See, that's that's not so bad. But you're not quite off the hook just yet, Mrs. Judith Bauer Stamper. That's right, you have some explaining to do about this chapter. Look, I was willing to go along with you when you said that Jack's arm was was going to be replaced with plastic. I mean, maybe it's some super amazing plastic that, that not just the kind of plastic that, that, you know, that my Ghostbusters toys were made out of. And, and I'm fine with you having a, a weird helicopter versus fighter jet battle. Heck, I, I was even fine with the octopus battle, but I'm not going to go along with you 
when when you bring the Venus flytrap bullshit in. I'm I'm sorry, but that that's just one toe over the line. This is Bionic Commando, not a little shop of horrors. There's there's no reason for this book to go all Audrey two on us. I mean, I mean, what the hell were you thinking? I when was this in the game? Last time I checked, this was a game about a soldier going in and killing a bunch of army men and then saving Super Joe. I, I don't recall a Venus flytrap. This is Bionic Commando, not Halo 2. You know, nobody cares about the whole nature fighting back thing. Just look at the happening. Speaking of fighting, why does Jack keep switching the gun to stun? Considering he hasn't killed a single guy so far, is there really a reason for him to take the gun off of stun? But by now, shouldn't he just have it on as default? It's obvious that the guy doesn't want to kill anybody, so just just leave the gun on stun all the time. You don't have to keep mentioning it. It's just not practical. And one final comment. How stupid does he think these enemies are? Seriously, Judith, what, what the hell? Why does he think that he's battling like like soldiers with first-grade education? He thinks that uh, when he's all covered in, in that goo that, that his enemies are going to mistake him for the blob or some 1950s drive-in theater monster or something. I mean, look, I've seen people covered in slime, and they don't look like they're from another planet. I mean, that's just stupid. Then again, Jack did just come from battling a giant plant. Now, that's stupid. All in all, this episode was pretty stupid. I mean, I'm sorry, but this book is, is starting to really go downhill. Uh, you have you have just a few chapters left to, to redeem yourself, so let's right the ship and, and take us someplace we actually want to go. Until then, yours truly, Cyril Lachelle.